girl. Ooh wee. Ooh wee. Ooh wee. Yeah. I'm excited. Our, our downloads are up. Podcast Sweat Equity Podcast for entrepreneurial advice. The number one. Barbazon rated number one. Barbazon, Arbitron, Terrestrial Radio, Apple Tunes. Apple Tunes? Apple Tunes. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, Watch, YouTube. We're the number one rated on all of those platforms. Comedy Business Podcast. Unbelievable. If you want to help us keep climbing, get that. We don't want to take a knee. We, we want to have that lead. If you want to help us with that, go on uh, Apple Podcasts app, rate, review, subscribe. That's a free way to help this podcast out. By the yeah. time I finish this live read for the ads, you could be done. You'd be done. Write, write something we'll, funny. We'll leave you alone about it. Write something funny in the ad copy and uh, or in the review copy, and we'll we'll say it on there. Oh yeah, that's that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, your microphone Ooh, there. Keep keep okay. going, buddy. All right, this episode is brought to you by Roan. Roan is the fanciest of fancy uh, athletic wearables which what would you call it? is fancy the best word for i don't it? like fan- i just uh, like calling the boys that that wear luxurious. it that started it they're fancy guys and now it's come down to our level yeah it's those pretty boy guys that you're like man you want to make fun of them but you're like that's some good gear do look cool though do that eight, the stitching with the double x on there it feels intense wearing it uh roan try roan.com forward slash white gets you 20 20 percent off 20 percent not twenty dollars, twenty percent using that link or the promo code Bridge Twenty. That hooks this show up. It's tryroan.com forward slash sweat for the best athletic wear out there. The, the best. best. The best. East the base. Uh, tryroan.com forward slash sweat. Twenty percent off using that link or the promo code Bridge Twenty. Bridge Two O. Man, Roan, you got to try it out. Tryroan.com forward slash sweat. Hit it up. Our feature sponsors, ExpressVPN. Want anonymized web searching? Try expressvpn.com forward slash sweat. Get you three months free off an annual plan. That's try expressvpn.com forward slash sweat. Three months free off an annual plan. What? I thought you had something to say. No, why? Why would I say something about why? I'm not doing anything wrong online. Why would I have something to say about that? Warby Parker, Warby. Oh my Parker. God! Get off my back about it, dude. Warby you keep Parker. Keep bringing it up all the time. I'm wearing my Warby Parkers right now. I had them six years. I can't speak highly of anything I've bought. They're a disruptor in the eyeglass, sunglass wear market. 95. Except Warby Parker. You Warby didn't say Parker. That. Warby Parker trial.com forward slash sweat gets you five free pairs to try on at home. Fresh books. GoFreshBooks.com forward slash sweat gets you 30 day free trial. On accounting software that gets direct deposits the next day. The next day! That's what I'm talking about! Grasshopper, try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat gets you $75 off an annual plan. 75 bones off an annual plan. Don't be a jabroni with a Google voice number or your own line picking Ugh. up for your business. Hello. Or if you're funny, you say no limit studios, because that's what I do. Right. And that's it. We timed it out perfectly. Let's get this podcast started with my shower doors. Keith Dobbin, howdy daughter! What about my sweat equity? Sweat equity. Sweat, 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 sweat equity. My sweat equity. My, my sweat equity. Sweat equity. What about my sweat equity? Did we hit that?
Yeah, you can look at the screen. Yeah, but I'm looking at that too. I didn't know if we're hitting that. Look, man, we're we're high tech and low tech at the same time. That's how we do it on Sweat Equity. Uh, Keith Dobbin, myshowerdoor.com. Anything else to plug before I forget as we talk to you? Um, you know, anything, any website that we don't know about? Maybe you're you're big on LinkedIn. Maybe that. I love LinkedIn, but my shower door is more than sufficient. And I appreciate it. Yeah. So we kind of guy. So I actually talked about you and I meeting on a previous episode a little bit ago about how, and I, I think I told you I did uh, about, I, I put a video out there getting over a little bit of vulnerable part of me to push it out there and said, if any, any contacts I have online need help, just kind of spitballing for their business on how to pivot. Uh, you were one of you know the handful of people that actually took up the offer, uh, and you know we started talking. You're you're an interesting cat. You're definitely cut from a different. We're definitely uh, we see a lot of things similarly, but you are you definitely got that motor I don't have naturally. Um, where you're, uh, he's a, what I would call a sales hunter, and not uh, whereas I'm a sales farmer. Developing oh. relationships long term, you might do both. Like but to hit the road, you're much better, I think, at the hunter part of it. Uh, whereas that may be applicable. Why I like the marketing side because it's a longer side, longer thing where we're helping each other out. Um, tell us about yourself. You've been with them seventeen years, something like that. Yep, seventeen years uh, this year. Um, just a quick backstory. I'm one of the principal owners, along with my younger brother Douglas. Uh, Douglas and I are the children of Bill and Donna Dobman. Um, what got us into the uh, being entrepreneurs and growing up in a service-oriented business was when I was 12 years old, living in Western Massachusetts, a town called Aguam, uh, I was given the gift of cancer. And my parents uh, didn't have much, very blue-collar town. My mother was a neighborhood beautician. My father was a semi-pro hockey referee at night, installed alarm systems during the day. And really didn't have much, uh, they say, a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out, especially to get me the uh, medical treatment I needed. So it really put their backs up against the rope. And literally in about a two-month period, they found out what they needed to get, uh, where they needed to get me to get me cured. And they leveraged their home and started the business within about a two-month window. Wow. And here my brother and I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So I, I often tell people cancer was by far the best thing that ever happened to my family. Uh, that's where we are today. So now you fast forward uh, 30 years later. This is my 30th year in remission. Um, we're 17 years in the business here in Southwest Florida. We relocated in 2003. My brother and I told my parents to retire, kind of hang it up. And my brother and I wanted to reinvent what we were kind of raised in. And we wanted to do that in Southwest Florida. We left uh, Massachusetts like once to go on a family trip. And I got to tell you, we're a real blue collar family town. So when we saw Naples, we were awestruck of we'd never been around money or um, the environment to make as much money as that we could see. And um, so we decided to open a business in, in 2003 in Naples, Florida. And that's just kind of continued to go up uh, year after year. We're in our 17th year now. We have nine brick and mortar locations up the West coast of Florida. Um, during the last recession, we vertically grew, positioned ourselves even better coming in 2010 by adding our own manufacturing facility. Um, 
Yeah, that's the huge. last couple of years. It's huge. Last couple of years, we've been into a lot of training within the organization, especially on these downtimes, like during COVID or whatever you want to call it. They um, instead of you know just laying people off and furloughing, we reinvested in our employees while we we're down and um, got into the the art of negotiating, if you will, more product knowledge, um, bringing in new product, tightening up all of our processes that we currently had because like every other disaster, there's going to be an end to it. And we want to be positioned to thrive uh, when we come out of that. So that's, that's kind of where we're at. And so we specialize in heavy glass frameless shower enclosures. And we hope you guys shower and squeegee every time you do. A lot, a lot to work with here. I mean, yeah. I, we're talking, I'm just pulling a lot of different themes out that we've talked about a lot in the show. I did the math. He's 42. 42. I uh, figured it out. <laughs> that was going to yep. be a question you knew I was going to ask. I saw that. that hairline. I was like, ain't no way. You <laughs> yeah, I keep it short so you don't see all the gray. I look like Uncle Polly from the Dude, Sopranos. Dude, who cares about gray, man? Yeah, what the hell? We don't complain Jesus about Christ. your hair. Cut this short. Think short. Uh a lot of themes in there that we could sprawl into a lot of different directions. I'm going to ask one esoteric side note before I get into them. But you th- family business management, all that drama, you, you brought, or another topic is you brought in the manufacturing into your vertical, which is sometimes the reverse engineering way of doing it. Um, you open more brick and mortar stores in a internet, uh, more internet savvy world. That's another thing. You guys probably have the value of a dollar coming from blue collar roots, as you say. Those kind of things where every dollar you make, you you really cherish a lot more than if it's given to you, if something's just handed to you. Uh, reinvesting in your own labor, negotiation, and uh, compromise was a weird philosophical conversation we had via LinkedIn Messenger uh, last week, I think. Compromise with who? I'm, I'm he just, just asked me a very... You want to you you ask it the way you probably because okay. I I'll yeah. butcher how you asked it, but it was very like Eric. What the fuck, Eric? What is your feeling on compromise? Uh, it's usually necessary. You know, really, what makes this, this is, what wait, makes it necessary? This is how he asked. No, it. I'm not, This is a business. Let me leave. We talked a lot of business, right? So there's a context. So it's like he just sends me. Uh, let me ask you a question, and then sends that question. I'm like, I I think I said I could either be very short like that or i could write about twenty thousand words well this. sure yeah. i want to well let's add, let's add some context to this conversation I, I had really known you we had a very nice conversation i like to have a baseline on who i'm talking with you know it's like uh you know i i stopped getting into bar fights when you underestimate you know you never know what you're going up against and so i always like to ask a baseline question to see what i'm going up against and for me I like to see when I'm talking business with someone what your opinion is on the word compromise. I happen to think it's an extremely dirty word. Mm. Um, I think under no circumstance is compromise healthy for either side. You know, would you compromise your principles? Would you compromise your morals? Well, that word can have a very wide range of applications, too. You know, I'm not compromising my morals, but if there's a conflict between two businesses or, uh, you know, somebody's buying a business or whatever, you know, compromise is definitely going to come into play really give me an example i would argue just a negotiation for uh, the price of something let's draw a fine line between the word negotiation and bargaining there's a big difference 
uh, bargaining would just be going, you know, I, I can't pay that. I need to pay this. And you're going, you're haggling back and forth where, you know, negotiation is more of a fact finding mission. Um, you know, a lot of times people compromise because it's the easy way out of an uncomfortable situation because we're not used to trying to find, you know, in any dealing that you do, whether you're talking to a spouse or another business associate, both people come to the table with kind of the unknown unknowns. Like right now I have secrets that maybe you guys want to ask me and there's information Whoa, you guys have that Tell I don't just, know. Just stop right here. Yeah. Let's hear these secrets. Yeah. You, you dropped a bar fight. Little thing, yeah. Just, well, uh, just <laughs> down on the ground. don't think I forgot about that. Yeah, but what, what what you're you'd be you'd be surprised how many people wouldn't have to compromise if they were willing to ask the right questions, and and get the other side comfortable and trusting you enough to open up to find out what you know. The best deal that could possibly be made by two people is having all the cards on the table, and more often than not, somebody compromises because it's usually a con. You know, people, you know, the person that often has to meet in the middle is a poor judge of distance. You know, if I'm going out to buy a piece of real estate with my wife on the side and we only have a budget of, you know, 175 and they're asking 200, I'm going to offer 150 and I'm going to go on this song and dance that we don't have any money. And then I'm going to say, we should just compromise and meet in the middle. And that was really a con job instead of, you know, the other person, if they were a seasoned negotiator. They would have asked all these questions and got to find out that there actually probably wasn't a deal to be had in the first place instead of just giving up 25000 because they were conned into thinking the compromise was the right way out of the situation. So, so you know, it, each individual situation, I think, lends itself to different circumstances. But I, I bet if you yes. really looked at it, very rarely is compromise. If you have good morals and integrity, because even lying – will come back to bite you. You know, no deal is one-off deal. Don't point that. Whether it's with me. a car guy, whether it's a car guy or something, you know, during implementation, somebody feels like they've been burned. They're going to want to get even with you. So, um, yeah, I, I don't like the word compromise. No. So you it's feel good like when it's, a husband, or God. you feel like it's sort of a, an aim or an immoral, like usually when you're compromising, you think it's because, it's more of a lot because you're not asking the right questions and you're kind of just cutting out the work. I think it's a, the, the lazy way out of the situation. Okay. It's a quick way. Okay. Well, the scenario you gave, right. You went right into a business scenario. So when you, the, you're trying to give a Rorschach test, I think of asking this question to see, am I going to go business or personal with this? I went philosophical, which I tried to think was both. Uh, without really strategizing on it. On the business side, I would say the context for a lot of people is the strategy, right? People go into a car lot, and that in the example on a personal side, they go into a car lot, or you could consider that a business transaction, the way you have to go about it, is they're going into it with a context and a strategy, right? Doesn't mean they want to compromise. The, the business scenario you gave was like a shoots and ladder scenario where you went back and forth once each side, the other side, not your side, which I'm seeing a little ego, which is good. I don't think it's bad, but the ego to, to get the job done, right? To have that conversation that's icky to a lot of people. But in the scenario you gave, you're talking back and forth. The other side relinquishes immediately to a compromise to meet in the middle as like a shoots and ladders, like cheat, 
Right? Let's just let's skip all this back and forth and let's get to the middle, which you see as a weakness. That's fair too. Uh, there's also I think it's more strategy and philosophy where uh, you the in a criminal defense situation is another way to look at this scenario where uh, where my boy uh, Mar- cut a deal. Right. That's basically all they do is right. And well, that's what they want to do. Or family law attorneys, a lot of the scummy ones, that's the industry. It's pretty scummy. A lot of them say, you know, you have a good divorce uh, agreement when both sides think they got fucked. And so there, it, it has to have context or this could be wildly different. And I like how you, you, I like how you asked the question to see. I think you're trying to see where we're going to answer it from. But it also tells us a lot about you, which is the exact reason you ask the question, right? So inherently, you, you're asking a flawed question, which I think you know is flawed, to see if we can understand you, to, but you want to understand us. Did I, did I go Inception, meta? Meta-level psychology <laughs> on you? He's like, no, not at all. You made, you made a lot of good points, but I, yeah, there's multiple facets to small talk and questioning. But It's not a fun I, question to ask if you know the answer, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, at a point, of, I, I still, under zero circumstance, believe in compromise, under any circumstance. Are you married? I am. You are? How Does long? that mean we should always both be unhappy? No. No, I, I was just... Curious. Are you gonna it's a completely separate question? Well, I was just thinking about it. Is there a mail order bride situation? Looking at that hairline. There's, there's, there's somebody scoop this guy. A hundred percent of like decisions are made by you. Fifteen years. I I have I can tell you. You've never um, compromised. I, I have gotten better on not compromising <laughs> by making sure that you just compromise. I go into compromise. <laughs> I know. We the, did the it. one Crap. scenario. I, hey, listen, this is, I'm this still is why learning I know you, too, man. You know, this is why you're a great guy. I'm learning. This is why I, we immediately, we had a bromance when we talked on, on Zoom the first time. I was like, I like where you're coming from because you'll admit, like, you're, I knew you were about to get flustered and just go, fuck. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, dude, just, we, we, we like, like to break people, it down for sure. We'll break fa- it right on down. But Eric, it. you know, like in the comedy scene, there's people you become fast friends with just through that. Sure, yeah. And, you don't have to know their whole life story. And that's how I felt with Keith. I was like, I immediately liked the dude and liked talking shit with him, but I want to call it out too. Yeah. I I would hope Keith appreciates that. Of course. Is Keith still there? Everything is a learning situation, like you're saying, but keep going with your wife. Um, You know, having these (laughs) conversations. I want to give you an example. Let me give you an example how I'm getting better. Yeah, I don't think so. She's getting savvy. Um, I, I'm a golf addict. I like to play golf. Uh, every weekend I play golf. In the past, I've been known to uh, tell, I make a tea time with my friends or I be asked. And of course I oblige and say, yes, I'll be there. And then I go ask my wife and I feel like she already knows that I, scheduled the tea time and she immediately gets irate and we go on this back and forth and I used to compromise and you know if I did that that means she get to do this and in all of well if I just asked her before she all she wanted was the control of telling me it was okay and so I didn't have to go into this uh, reciprocity thing where if I do this she gets to do this whereas if I just did it the right way 
I, and had this conversation with her and asked her in a way with empathy. And she says, no, of course I want you to go play. You go play. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm not doing this, you know, oh, shit, I don't want to go talk to her. My boy's like, dude, hurry up and talk to the wife. And I've, I've started to get better on how to unwind these conversations um, to really, you know, I think true negotiation is the art of letting the other person have your way. Mm. And, and when you can really either ask, ask in the right way or say no in a different way that triggers them to kind of slowly let out these unknown unknowns, you can usually find a way to go through that door without having to compromise. Yeah. You got to okay. be able to listen. You got to be a good listener. That's a good example. Be a very good listener. That's a good example of putting in that awkward conversation at the beginning and then you're not having to compromise. And that's, you know, I, I see that side of it. It could be a way of dancing around the real psychology of what's going on too. I'm going to get play devil's advocate on that and say, you could be at, she just might want to feel included in the schedule is another thing to look at. Right. And that's where that, that's empathy. what, that was the magic thing to not have this reciprocity thing. It's like, hon, I know you're going to kill me right now. You probably think that I already scheduled tea time and you, no, 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 I don't want to kill. Okay. I was hoping with your permission that I could go play golf with my friends. Yeah, of course. Why, why are you even asking me? And now it's not a problem. But before, if I just scheduled it and went to her, it's a big deal. I mean, the, at the end of the day, I'm still going to play golf. But it was the process in getting there. Whereas if I gave her the control, it was no problem. Yeah. But when I tried to shove it you know, or hide it, it bit me in the ass every time. So you find you find the no compromise, no, uh, you know, no middle ground method to your, your success. It's one of the keys to success. I would say, is that how you're going about your call it daily habits or work habits or what do you, what do you want to call it? Routine? Um, there's always another way. There's always another way, you know, never be so sure of what you want that you're not willing to take something else. Huh. You know, Let me, you, say that again. Sorry, I, I was trying. Never to be so sure of what you want that you're not willing to take something else. Okay. So are we talking like barter. Talking I go to my trains? wife and I say, you know, I I got to play golf this weekend, and I'm expecting to play Saturday. I I got to play. Uh, would you be against me playing this week? She says, you know, we got that family thing, and she goes, but why don't you play Sunday in the next two weeks? Now, normally. Going into that conversation, I'm looking for a yes on Saturday. Anything other than a yes is a loss. But if she says, you know what, why don't you go play Sunday and both days next weekend, well, geez, now that just freed me. You know, never be so sure of what you want. You're not willing to take something else. And look, we're probably uh, – you... I'll give – let me give you another example in business. I, 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 I'm recent... I was okay. going to make a side note that we're probably using personal examples because those are easier than yeah. giving up business ones that are exacting or <laughs> – precise to what you're doing because then let's say you have a previous client or current client or prospective client that actually stumbles upon this because you're a LinkedIn whore as I am and you'll probably promote this out there because it's another good thing you're doing everything you do well is a marketing opportunity as you kind of do innately uh, that you're not giving specific business examples because you don't want to out yourself uh, in any no. in any way no, no, where, no. where the list another listener could be like man you fucked me no I'm, I'm just saying that might be a side note to the audience listening. Absolutely not. I, 
I want to be fully transparent. You know, I want people to end up doing a deal with me and saying, not only was that a good deal, I'd do business with that guy again. Uh, I am in, uh, under no circumstance trying to slave people or, or take full advantage. You know, it, especially with the Internet, it's very easy for, to get outed on being a you know, snake oil salesman. That, that's not the case. It's, um, it's tactical. It's, th these are human being traits that, um, that we the, can use. You can still be transparent. I'd like to say translucent you know, as your persona online, but cause you're not going to give the whole everything away in your life, you know, to an online brand or persona or whatever, nope. no matter who you are. Yeah. Uh, we talk pretty, yeah. pretty openly on this show, but there's probably like 3% we're holding back, you know, cause there's other people involved in a lot of things that's going on or other business decisions that yep. it'd be selfish to talk about everything so openly. But I, I was just saying to the audience listening, it's like, why are we getting into this, this kind of, <laughs> home dynamic and it's a little easier to make an <laughs> it's example. A, yeah, it's an easy example to look at and because, can translate that. Right, because you know already implicitly with your wife that she won't care if you're using that as an example, right? Um, whereas anybody that you might be doing business with or have, they might be upset but not really paying attention like we all kind of do now, right? Hmm. You know, a lot of, peop a lot of people think... Uh, this shows a lot of different things without actually listening to it, which is funny to me. So it's that I, I kind of think in that terms. They see they see the impression of this going up, the friends of friends that they're like, oh yeah, man, you guys got a dick for a tie as a logo. Uh, I don't think I can come on there. I'm like, if you want to go Somebody deep, somebody said that. Who said that? We've had a lot Out of them right now. I, Enough of this. There's about three dozen, but really. Lawyers, a lot of people it's that have not even that obvious. It's a lot just of people, a tie. It's not doctor, a dick. Did you doctors, tell them it was a dick? You did, didn't no, you? No, no, they uh, they bring it to me. I, did you I say dick I, in when you were talking? I'm not negotiating. I'm bringing it up. I'm not bringing it up. I just go. You want to come on the show? Because why would I give away what I think would be a weakness in selling and then coming on the show? It creates more. You work. didn't say dick once in these negotiations. No, no compromise. No, this Fine. is over five years of us doing this. Okay, right? so it's not like. Three dozen people, it's like, no big deal, right? Okay. Uh, but I'm saying, like, Surprise. I'm saying that scenario is a lot easier, but your motor, uh, I'm interested, in, give me your routine. I like asking people this, that have a high motor like you do. You've got, so you've got the inertia. I, we know your why, uh, and that's something I always like to find out, and you kind of gave it to us in a, a great kind of origin story, you know, biography. By the way, time out. This is what I wanted to ask. We were watching uh, the Eastern Conference Finals last night. Uh -huh. You said your dad was a hockey ref. And we were literally going, Eric oh, and yeah, I last we were night, talking about hockey refs last night. We were watching the Lightning uh, playing the Islanders. And I was like, I bet, I don't know, I bet hockey refs get more shit from players than any other sport. Because they're probably made, a, they do that jump where they have to jump and it doesn't look cool ever. Oh, that's what you meant because of the little hop? So that they and just they, they're former. I don't know if they ever played hockey or they just get oh, into wrestling. They all played hockey. I don't know. You see them yeah. skate, dude. You tell they me. Skate. Awesome. But we we talked about it for a good five minutes. What's your opinion, Keith? Every referee and linesman I've ever met started off playing hockey, and each one of them would tell you, "I'll probably get in trouble for this, especially for my father." Those are the ones that couldn't make it to that level. So the next best thing would be a front row seat. Um, you know, and they on love, the rink. They love rules. Like, they love it. 
Yeah, I think they're good arbiters of the rules. Yeah, like most football referees are attorneys. Yeah, good call. Very yeah. good call. No, so do you think hockey refs get more shit from the players than any other sport? I didn't think so. The, the hockey players seem nice. I think they, they most of the time I they fight each other. They're the shit. most underrated ref, but get the most shit from players. I don't know. And they're like nurses. The one, like nurses are the most overworked occupation in the country, and the least like get least fawn on. You know, like right. well, not recently, but before that, still, I, I still think the praise they get is still pretty low. All things considered, working twelve-hour shifts and all. This I'm just saying. Football, I mean, really, I thought hockey would be like the last one. Baseball umps, you don't think they don't get the most shit from players? Yeah, Come but on. Baseball umps, I, I feel like it's a lower barrier to entry. I feel like you can just be a sack of shit and be an ump. <laughs> nothing to do with it. What does that have to do with it? Because you have to be, you have to be athletic to do a hockey ref. Okay, but why would they get more shit for being athletic? Wouldn't they get less? Because shit? Of the passion of the game, and you're not. You're so. You're, you're not all. He's out. He doesn't know what he's talking. I, about. I got two. He's five. just all spun up. I'm all spun out. He doesn't know. What I'm he's just talking. excited you're here. No. Uh, so, I just I had to ask because we literally we've never talked about hockey refs ever. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> and you you brought it up, and I was like, oh man. Yeah. Um, Very weird. So, you. You've been doing this 17 years. You've got a motor. I'm interested. What's the daily routine? What's something someone listening can take away? Uh, you know, what do you have a normal time you get up? You know, what's what are you eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? I want to know some minutiae. Uh, I get up at 5.30 every morning. Then I take a piss. Um, yep. I usually details. check my <laughs> details, man. Yeah. No, no, I love it. Keep going. Uh go through my LinkedIn. I try and fire off a hundred uh, re- connection requests. I go to the gym every day at quarter to six out of the gym at quarter to seven back home, start up the shower, send out another hundred LinkedIn connections. Wow. Um, jump it, jump in my scooter and head down to Naples. Uh, that's our original brick and mortar store in North Naples. And what time, I what time do you get there? I'm getting there. I'm rolling in after Dunkin' Donuts. Of course, I have to get my coffee. See? I'm rolling in about qu- quarter after eight. You've got a Dunkin' Donuts fetish like I do. It's bad. Yeah. And then I've been listening to a lot of uh, podcasts lately. Of course, this is my latest craze. So I'm just trying to consume as much business-oriented, sales-oriented uh, podcast um, on the way in. So i got about a 20-minute commute every day. Hmm. On your scooter. In my scooter, uh, my my, my Chevy Avalanche. Oh, okay. And then are you, really you go, you know, from the time you get in, you settle in, maybe 9 to 11, you're making calls or something. What's what's the average day? You can make yeah, it so pretty I'm, broad, I, but. I kind of act like a hype man um, at our at our facility. Uh, there's six other salespeople, two inside. For their exterior, we go over all the appointments they have that week, any possible opportunities in the pipeline that uh, anybody wants me to touch or you know, trying to work a new community or a new client that we're trying to get in with. So we're game planning. Um, you know, we have each one of our stores is commission-based relative to the store. So we got nine teams. They have 12 games a year. Um, these bonuses are paid monthly. So we're kind of trying to maximize our time every day so it's the same routine every day. It's a meeting. It's going over all the opportunities, coaching up for a little bit. We do a little role play um, because so we, we do we're, a, as we're growing. A daily stand-up meeting, as they call it. 
like 15, 20 yeah, I, minutes. I guess you're, yeah, tops, yep. tops. Yep. Just enough to keep everybody's attention, get them fired up and get them out of there. It's an agile work methodology. You're not having meetings that bore people. You've got salespeople that don't have that attention span, nor do you maybe leading it. You know? Nor do I. Yeah. I actually hate it. Right. Yeah. But you know it's necessary. It's like going to the gym. You need of course. To to, yeah. Of course. Okay, keep yeah. going. Uh, then I get into my day. I'm still actively chasing opportunities for our architecture of the vision and, and growing that. It's a subset of our factory that we started about six years ago. So we have our, my shower doors, our standalone brand, and we've kind of branched off into the architectural world, which would encompass uh, glass wine cellars, glass railings, office partition, you know, podcast booths, if you will, a lot of heavy frameless glass basically glorified shower doors on an architectural level. Oh, so I've been okay. work- You've been pivoting so, though, because you you're a manufacturer like a lot of manufacturers I talked to for my day job, which is they're going, okay, what else can we make, right? And sometimes yeah. you figure it out before something like COVID happens. Sometimes you do it with like in a little bit of contingency panic mode, but either way, great that's move, great. Dude, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's And it's so smart. honestly and- a need because – I see a lot of people kind of arguing about the interior design of offices lately. And I feel like if you could kind of go, Hey, we got this thing that can double as this thing over here. That might be a whole other brand for you. That is low risk, but high reward, you know, spending some, especially if they know that that investment could end up uh, bringing more dollars and, and profitability to their bottom line. You know, they used to call them, out in California, everybody said, I want my office to be like Google. I want it to be like Google, which meant all glass. But what Google actually found out was taking somebody out of a four-sheetrock office cubicle now turning three walls into glass lets in a lot more light. It triggers some chemical that is more beneficial to the human being, puts them in a better mood. Consequently, if you're in a better mood, you're more likely to come up with more collaborative ideas and be more efficient at or proficient at your job. And so now that's kind of found its way to Florida. And we're really capitalizing on that as people start remodeling and, and looking in places to invest their money back into their business. Keith, do you guys do anything with where you flip a switch and the glass goes from regular to opaque? That's a good question. Yeah. Do, do you do that? Ask- switch light. Yeah. Wait, not only do we do it, we manufacture it and it's uh, it's called oh, switch light glass. It's electrified glass. Um, a lot of opportunities for that. That's just really awesome. cool yeah. product. Yeah. Yeah. What's in it? Yeah. Can I ask, is it too super complicated or is it, can, can you get it? Dummy, no, it's, it's actually real easy. So it's actually two pieces of glass with a laminate film in between, but the film is made of a, a silica that is triggered by a low voltage life electricity that brings everything into a line. So when the electricity is oh, not on, it's kind of scattered. And when the electricity hits it, Everything straightens out and it makes it transparent, you know, on a microscopic level. Yeah. For those and, listening, you've got your hands over each other. The fingers are flush with each other like you're doing a prayer, but separating the fingers together. And then you're saying like almost like an aperture of some sort. The electricity. Yeah, it just closes. lines up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I saw Blank. that. Dude, I saw that on Dave Attell's Insomniac, the show on Comedy Central, like, like 20 years ago, 25 maybe. And I was like, that's the coolest shit. Why isn't that everywhere? Like every bathroom stall door, I thought in the future will have this. So you don't have to, but but figure me out. Why would those ever need to be? Because then you never have to look underneath, like in a, in a, like an office environment where it's really nice. All right. Where you have to like, 
I used to work in a mutual fund company with like literally one guy won a Nobel Prize for economics. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Uh, like knocking on the door while he's taking walked a shit. In, yeah, you walked like, in on him. God damn. Like uh, this is a, we can't figure this shit out in here, literally. Um, but like, I always thought that was cool. I think as offices are going to become more multi-purpose or home offices, like, man, think about having the home office where like I was telling you, I had to watch my kids. I had the, uh, the stand-up desk. I had to watch my kids in the same room. But if I could just like, flick it on to a little like partition that's like when that's on they know dad's on I mean, the phone what if every wall in your house is like that you can make it right in all these different iterations of rooms and giant you can rooms, open it small up rooms yeah coming out of the floor the ceiling whatever we wanted it down. in the old studio and you can office. have that with either we want wanted to, to do that there. too but yeah man uh, we'll send we'll send you the royalties yeah well i want to I maybe could introduce you to iOffice. We interviewed the CEO a while back. Uh, she was awesome to come on the podcast, and that's all they do is is the real corporate interior design like that. Uh, same with Advantages.net, the CEO over there, uh, Fran Biederman. Um, Fran Biederman, gross, I think. I'm going to screw her last name up. But uh, what's it called? Those are two introductions I might be able to make for you because I didn't know you were doing that. We, we didn't get that far in this brodeo bromance um thank you for the opportunity well look man i want to have you back on because we just kind of hit the tip of the iceberg with some of this we try to keep it to about 33 minutes um we always ask everybody the same question uh that comes up for the first time what advice would you give your 13 year old self be a better listener cancer too though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe bump before or after. I would be a, I would be a better listener by far. Better listener. Better listener, for sure. Okay. Um, and not only would I listen to the advice that was given, you know, that was given to me. So often, people ask for advice. I see this a lot now as I'm getting older. Younger people are coming in underneath and asking certain questions, and they take the time and muster up to come ask you for advice, and then you give it to them, and it's it falls on deaf ears. And I, I think that happens a lot. And some of my greatest successes that I've had in growing through our businesses when I've taken somebody's advice, especially somebody that I respected, you know, would never take anybody's advice that I wouldn't be willing to trade places with. Yeah, we find... So I'd be a better listener. We find that uh, when people ask for advice, they're not really asking for advice. They're asking for you to... Reinforce confirm. their yeah, ideas. Yeah, so uh, that, that that's a con constant kind of theme we see uh, from that question. Yeah. But... Uh, Look, I mean, I want to have you on another time this month. And yeah. You got some interesting stuff going on. It might be a, a longer pod if we want. But it, we didn't schedule a live one right after this. But if you want to ask us questions. We need that LinkedIn promotion for him. Absolutely. I'd be happy to share. And I appreciate both of you for having me on your show. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. All right, brother. See you later. All right. Have a good one.